never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Eurofolk Radio, and this is the Restoration Hour uh, coming to you live on August 17, 2019. Uh, my special guest this evening is Ed Fife of, uh, well, Texas, Iowa, California, <laughs> you name it. Uh, are you a citizen of the United States, or uh, or are you a citizen uh, of not, a part- not proper? Not proper. I'm a I'm a citizen here, but I'm not. Okay. A citizen of the United States proper. Right. That's a work. Actually, I'm a we, citizen. Yeah, we will be discussing whether or not there is such a thing as federal or national citizenship in America. And, you know, I, I think the 14th Amendment, most people assume that the 14th Amendment uh, conveyed that uh, into law, but I don't think so either. And, uh, but first, uh, I, I want to uh, establish, you know, and so we're, it's, it's a sovereignty issue. Are you a state citizen? I'm a citizen of the state of Illinois, and that was by naturalization. Mm-hmm. I forget how old. I'm, I might have been like 15 or 16 years old. And, um, but that did not convey to me uh, federal citizenship. And Judge, uh, what's his name here? Judge Hayden felt, and this is a court case dating back to July 1, 1855, in the Supreme Court of yeah. California. And, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll be di- discussing this case. But before we get into that, and I'll be monitoring the uh, uh, freeconference.com uh, for everybody uh, who might want to call in either to listen or to ask questions, the free conference number is 218 339 7800. And the access code is 5467723. And I believe you have to hit the pound sign after that as well. So let me repeat that 218 339 7800. And access code is 5467723 pound sign. So, very relevant to today's discussion of the Supreme Court case, actually, the Supreme Court of California case is, number one, the Naturalization Act of 1790. And the Naturalization Act of 1790 states very clearly that only free persons who... uh, Let me quote it exactly. Any alien being a free white person... Let me repeat this. Any alien being a free... White, it says white, and it also says person, and it's the last time I checked, both males and females are persons. <laughs> so this was the yeah. will, was the will of the founding fathers, who enacted this piece of legislation one year after the you know uh, the Constitution. 
So what say you about right. this? Uh, has, has this Naturalization Act been repealed, overthrown, ignored? What's the status here, Ed? Well, the 1790 Act was repealed by the Act of 1795, which which said the same thing as what you just read. It didn't change the it didn't change who could be a citizen. First of all, let me say that the 1790 Act. The reason why they had to do it as one of the first acts after the Constitution was established was because prior to that they had not actually said who the one people were. If you remember okay. the Declaration, right. said, yes. when, when one people, it says one people, but it didn't say who they are, see? Yeah. So they had to establish the nation. And the framers, remember what they did when they came here, after the war, and of course England gave up with the uh, Treaty of Peace and gave over all the lands to the people that were here. And the, when when they when they re, uh, claimed that they made a claim to all of the lands of this continent, this this United States, and when they made a the claim, they can say who can be on their land or not. See, they can tell. Right. They can say, well, you know what I mean. So sure. the seventeen ninety yeah. act, the seventeen ninety act was what was to be was to show who the nation was, and a, and a nation is a people. That's what a nation is in right. the strictest sense. Well, this so is my house. They gave and, the land. And this is my house, yeah. and only people related to Ed Fife can come in. <laughs> right? Exactly. All yeah. right. See, that's yeah. It. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's why it. we have borders. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, brothers, brothers and sisters of the same blood. See. Amen. So, Amen. That's what that is. So anyway, it was it was repealed, and and of course the 1790 was, and then and not for not for the reasons that it <clears throat> that it changed the nation. It didn't change the nation at all because the same wording was put in the 1795 right. act, and then and then in 1802 it was repealed again, the 1795, and it said the same thing again. It couldn't change because the nation they knew who the nation was. So they couldn't change that part. They just changed how they became citizens, okay. not who could be a citizen, right, right. but how, see? Okay, all right. So and this is, anyway, this is, that's yeah. what... Yeah, this is what Judge Hayenfeld actually discusses in his ruling, the yes. how. The how. Yes, all right? yes. Okay, yes. But, but let me yeah. just state... <laughs> yeah, now the Constitution doesn't uh, specify who we, the people, are. And the 1790 and 1795 acts determine who we, the people, actually are and right. our posterity. Right. Right? Right. That's a very important term. Yeah. What's they're, posterity? They're actually, their posterity. Their yeah, posterity. Their, their posterity. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And we, the people, we, the people, created the nation and claimed the land. And we're not we the people, because all we the people's dead. So we're the posterity of we we're the people. We're the posterity, See? right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, although so some people say that Thomas Jefferson anyone, faked his own death. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Right. Right, it was passed to anyone that was a free white person. Right, It was okay. passed on to them of the world, of the nation. And if you look at the Declaration of Independence... 
on the third, about the third paragraph down, I think at the very end, it says, let this declaration be to a candid world. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look up the definition of candid in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which is the only one that a lawful Congress recognized, uh, if you look up the definition, the number one definition at the top is white. Okay. And so when they th- when they said, let this declaration be to a candid world, they meant to a white world. Very good. Well, it actually, in uh, th- three or four paragraphs before the end, uh, Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. uh, addresses, nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren, who, of course, were Anglo-Saxons, right. Anglo-Saxons, uh, right. uh, basically European, mm-hmm. every, virtually every European country is Anglo-Saxon, either German or English, right, <laughs> right or related to them right. by right. blood, right. because they're all Israelites. We have warned them from right. time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. Okay, so uh, we are... Again, we're talking about white people. Thomas Jefferson addressing the British brethren who were white people exclusively and no other. So we have all kinds of proof established already, folks, that the U.S. Constitution and the laws of who is a citizen or not are only pertaining to white people. Now, let me also, I want to address really quickly, Ed, before we get into this document, that the uh, Magna Carta explicitly uh, cited Jews because I think it was Edward I who expelled them in the first case for their usurious yeah. activities. And But here's yeah. something very, very interesting. It was Henry III because they were readmitted into England not as citizens, not as equals to white Brits, but as servants of the crown, servants of yeah. the crown. So, which which is yeah. actually a continuation of the biblical prophecy that Esau would serve his brother Jacob until the day comes, mm-hmm. according to Isaac's prophecy, that Esau would have the dominion over Jacob, which he does now. Okay, so it's it's interesting right. that the Magna Carta actually, uh, you know, recognizes, although without stating the prophecies of Scripture, the the relationship, the servant, the servant status of the Edomites to the true Israelites, because we are Jacob Israel and the Jews are not. Uh, our our legal system still verifies that, and I don't think it's been repealed, Ed. I don't think the Magna Carta has well, ever been repealed. It can't be repealed. It can't be repealed. It's not. Okay. It's not possible to repeal it. Okay. The the the, uh, the it goes all the way back to biblical times. So right. How can you how can you repeal how can you repeal <laughs> truth? Yeah. See, how can you, you repeal, repeal God? Truth, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You They're can't. Trying. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. They're trying. So so okay. Law, so the laws of the land. The laws of the land of England, both England and America, were both Anglo-Saxon law. It's what common law is. No other group of people of the tawny races, as the Supreme Court calls them, Uh none of the other tawny races have um, 
the law of the common law. They didn't. That's the Anglo-Saxon law, and they didn't follow that. So that's right. We know when when the common law was brought here, it has to be Anglo-Saxon. So I mean, there's no argument. There's too many, yeah. Uh, yeah. too many direct, uh, too many arrows pointing to the truth there. Yes. So okay. anyway. All right. I have to wait for one this. of the. One of the th- go, go ahead. Please continue. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. What okay. you say yeah, well, well, in the chat room, uh, uh, apparently, uh, this is my situation, and uh, we'll discuss my situation because I was not born in America. I was born in Germany, okay? But I am a naturalized mm-hmm. citizen, so technically, I am not the posterity of the founders, but I am a relative of the posterity, and uh, and I've, I've stated uh, it's fine with me that the real posterity rules this nation because I'd rather be ruled over by such people than by Jews or anybody else, okay? So, uh, uh, J.K. in the uh, chat room, uh, being white and Christian, I should have access to American citizenry. Instead, they give work and welfare to alien criminals and misfits. Right. Right. Okay. This is where we're at. Okay. The problem is, the problem is, though, uh, and we'll get into it. The problem is, is that if you go to scripture, you see, you see one thing that was very important that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that was the birthright. Mm -hmm. And through the birth. Through the birthright, what it gave them the power to do, if it's given by Yahweh, it must be real important, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what was what the birthright gave them the power to do is have direct connection with him and also to rule over Israel and to, you know, to pass the information directly from Yahweh to um, the Israelites, uh, the whole the whole flock of Israelites, see, and so this is where this is where the the Catholic Church gets this idea, see. Okay. They think that the Pope is uh, is the one who has the birthright, see, and he does not. No, He's he a doesn't. Pony. Yeah. And so he was not one of them. So that's why that's where they get that from. So the point is, is that. The most important thing that a person can get, and, and it's your credentials, into the kingdom, it's also the credentials in your land, wherever you live, wherever right. you are supposed to be. You know, Whatever land you're in, if you don't have a birthright, you have no right. Think mm-hmm. about the word birthright. First of all, if you separate the two, two words, birth, okay, that means when you're born... You get rights, see? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a way you can be born and not get any rights. And the way you do that, one, is either you are born a bastard and you have no rights because you you have no inheritance, or you don't follow the laws of the land to gain a birthright properly. Mm-hmm. And the and the evil ones are very crafty. They have oh. figured out long time ago how to make that happen, and this is what they did to us. Okay, 
Like, for example, okay, here's here's James Madison. This is what James Madison said, and I think it's very interesting because it goes right to the point. He said, I believe there are more instant instances of the abridgment of freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments by those in power mm. than by violent and sudden usurpations. Mm. See, yeah. they don't do it by war. They don't do it by war. They do it by gradual and silent encroachments, and this is what they did to us. And you'll see, after we go through this case, that that this is exactly what they did. But what the idea was, was by what the, <clears throat> by them jerking our birthright away from us, or not really, they didn't jerk it away from us. We actually did it to ourselves. But but they made they set the stage so that we would do it. That's what the deal is. In other words, they threw a a, 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 a stone in front of us so that we would you know uh, trip on it. That's all they did. But we we're the ones that tripped on it because we wasn't watching where we was going. See, and yeah. so that's how they did it to us legally. They did it that way. But see what what by not getting the birthright. You don't get to be able to work with the law of the land. The law of the land is off limits to someone who does not have a birthright, and that's the problem. No rights, and mm-hmm. you can't use the law. Right. That's where okay. the problem is. And so. Right. 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 Understood. Uh, but uh, the Roman yeah, Catholic and, Church uh, claims to be Israel. Right, that that's where they actually they actually get their quote unquote jurisdiction by claiming to be Israel. So they're they're claiming to be us as well, <laughs> right? It's amazing. I know. Well, they're, they're all they are is a bunch of Jews. Yeah, right. You know that whole thing is Jews. Yeah, right. They they wear they wear yarmulkes. I mean, look they at well, look at what they wear. They wear yarmulkes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Jewish. Yeah. And they practice usury so and communism, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right. Anything, anything the opposite from what Yahweh wants, that's, that's the way right. it is. That's right. Yeah. So false jurisdiction. Whatever it is. Yeah. And then, of course, we you know we know that the false prophet, we have two humongous false entities, the false prophet, which is false religion headed by the Catholic Church and its claim to being Israel, which is false because Israel is a race, not a, uh, what's the term? Uh, you know, what's that? Uh, in, in, Tommy Robinson says it's a, well, yeah, religion, but no, it's not an ethnic nationalism, which is a racial nationalism. It is a localized nationalism. In other words, if you're born in a certain locality, you automatically become a citizen. But that's not that's not what uh, no. the founder said, by no means. And that's no, not what no, common no, law no. implies either. Okay? It's a racial right, right, thing. Right. There's, okay? That's yeah. right. That's right. And, and if you are, I heard one of the guys on the, on Eurofolk Radio say a while ago, you can't be a part of the team unless you uh, do certain things to become a member. Right. See, and that's the problem we have, is that we haven't uh, fulfilled the membership agreement, and so therefore our, we're all broken up, and most of us, a lot of us, are nothing but uh, denizens 
And a denizen, the definition of a denizen is that he is halfway between an alien and a citizen. If you look up the definition, okay. that's what it says. All right. And it and it started and it started in England. No man's land. Because the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. See, if a person was born, yeah, yeah. yeah. If a if a person was born in uh, England, okay, but yet did not, did not was not a was an alien. And I've got a a quote here from a maxim quote from uh, Edmund Wingate, which was back in the 1600s. He even said that a um, a person who was just born there but had no real citizenship in the, right. in the country was it yeah. was a denizen and a denizen has no inheritable rights uh-huh. see? okay all right now unless so that person is of anglo-saxon heritage and can by naturalization become right. a citizen of a state not an American right, citizen, right. because that term really has no meaning, not even under the 14th Amendment, as I understand it, okay? Well, because, no, 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 an American citizen would be probably more proper than saying a United States citizen, because that's not proper. Oh, See, okay. Because that, when you yeah. say United States, you're talking about yeah. uh, the federal government, for example, that would be referring to the federal government. So it would be more proper to say American citizen than it would be a United States citizen. Very good, very good. All right, so about the point I'm trying to make, well, first of all, let me finish. I forgot to finish my my earlier point. So we have not just false religion, but we have false lawyers, uh, false jurists, people who claim to be practicing common law but are practicing anything but. That's right, that's Mm -hmm. right. So, and didn't Jesus condemn yep. false priests and lawyers, <laughs> right? Yeah, he said, woe be unto you. Yeah, amen, amen. All right, so yeah, I, I think having, having established the foundation of our discussion, who's who and what's what, this is uh, mm-hmm. five California 300 ex parte Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. For people who don't know yeah. legal terms, what does ex parte mean? Ex parte means uh, there you don't have a uh, contender in oh, the court. In okay. other words, you're coming in on your own by yourself. Ex parte means by yourself. Okay. And that, that, that you're not so, filing suit against anybody else, even the government. You're just uh, no. asking a question of the court. Is that what uh, this means? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're petitioning the court to do something for you. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not a suit per se. It is. It is in you know legal contemplation. I suppose you can kind of look at it as a suit, but it's not a suit because there's no. You don't have anybody you're suing. Mm-hmm. Right. You're just going in and and requesting or petitioning to become a citizen uh, of of the state. If you're white, yeah. If you're not white, you can't do that. You can't do it. You uh-huh. can't do this. Okay. So because it was un- it was unallowable. See. Right. Right. Okay. So, anyhow, right. this one now. Now, rec- the point to recognize about this case 
is that it's 1855. That's the most important thing, because this was before the war now, mm-hmm. before the Civil War. And that means that law was prevailing at that time. Yes. Because after the Civil War, it stopped prevailing. They changed the system and started their new yeah. circus system, I call it. Well, yeah. Uh, they does. started their new system and after the okay. Civil War. So this, 1955, they're talking about organic, what the Supreme Court calls organic law, okay? Mm-hmm. So what they say in here is, start to start out with, the very first thing you need to under, everybody needs to understand that uh, what the case was about. And so what Hayden Felt Judge said was, this is an application on the part of an alien to become naturalized, okay? Mm-hmm. Under the provisions of the Constitution and the laws of the United States. So, so... Right off the bat, he tells you right up front what this case is all about. Okay? Yes. All right. Now, he goes on and he says, it has been made directly to this court and has been, here you go, resisted by several eminent members <laughs> of the bar. Right. Lawyers. And my question now, let me ask, let me ask anybody that is listening a question. Mm. What the hell... Excuse my French. Uh, interest do do eminent members of the bar have in a little old guy coming in from another country becoming yeah. a citizen? Why would uh, be so interested yeah. in resisting it? Why? Right. See. Well, evidently this okay, person is an Anglo-Saxon. Uh, do we know if this? Be. He yeah. Has okay. To be. All right. He Under the law, he had to be. Okay. He had to be. Okay. Okay, and so uh, and it says, in the character of amicus curiae, which means a friend of the court, okay. on the grounds that state courts have no jurisdiction of the subject matter. This is what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. They're saying that state courts have no jurisdiction of the subject matter. In other words, the subject matter of naturalization. Right. It might be a sufficient answer to the applicant to declare what is the settled decision of this court. That it is under the state constitution an appellate tribunal and can take no original jurisdiction, however conferred. Okay, okay original jurisdiction means trial jurisdiction. Okay, right. so what they're saying that what what this judge was saying was this is an appellate court and it has no trial jurisdiction, which is what he was supposed to be, what they were supposed to be doing with this right. uh, process. Okay, but yes. but we'll I'll talk about this in a minute under the eighteen oh two act. Yeah. Anyway, he goes on. He says, but the but the importance of the question, which has been argued at the bar, and the learning and research which have been evinced in its examination, induce us in departure from our usual habit to consider and determine the proper construction which should be given to the Constitution and laws of the United States in respect to the question of naturalization. In other oh, words, what yeah. they're saying, he says, yeah, they're saying. They're saying, we don't really have jurisdiction over this case because mm-hmm. we're an appellate court. Right. But we're going to departure from that and talk about something more than just saying we don't have jurisdiction, goodbye, yeah. you know. Well, to cl- clarify okay. the law. Uh, this is obviously the judge's intention here is to clarify the law. It, yeah, think- well, it was. It okay. was. It okay. was. Go ahead. Two propositions which have been made by the counsel opposed to the applicant will first be disposed of. Hear that? Yeah. These are, first, that the power to naturalize by virtue of the Act of Congress of 1802 is a judicial one. And, second, 
that Congress has no power to confer jurisdiction upon the state, the courts of a state. Upon both of these propositions, we affirmatively concur. It is a judicial power. It is a judicial power. Okay, mm-hmm. that's very important right there. It right. is a judicial power. It's left up to the courts. Because upon yeah. evidence, yeah. right, it has to be done in a court. If you look at the 1802 Act, you'll see that. Okay, because upon evidence, a conclusion has to be attained resulting from the exercise of the judgment of the court. So, in other words, the court's going to make a judgment right. as to whether you can become a citizen or not. See, based mm-hmm. on what? Based on your oath to to uh, give up your allegiance to the country you came from, mm-hmm. also based upon whether you are a, a criminal, uh, based upon whether you are able to take care of yourself and not be on welfare, and all those other things. The court's got to look at that and see if you look like you are somebody we want in our land, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what that is. And he says, this is simple and clear enough without resorting to authority. But, nevertheless, we will refer to the case of Spratt versus Spratt, which is 4 Peters 406, uh, where it is distinctly so settled by the Chief Justice Marshall, quote, Congress has no power to confer jurisdiction upon the courts of a state, because, first, the Constitution gives it no such power, and secondly, the Constitution expressly declares that the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. Okay, that's Article 3 of the Constitution, Section 1. The Constitution, having thus fixed where the judicial power shall be vested, it cannot be vested elsewhere. Okay. There there have been various adjudications maintaining this view, which it will be sufficient simply to cite. And he gives all these court cases. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then he says, it was urged, wait a minute, it was urged uh, in the course of the argument, talking about the attorneys, mm-hmm. and some authorities were cited to the effect that although Congress could not confer jurisdiction on a state so as to compel its exercise, Yet it would be legitimate if the court was willing to accept it. And this this guy says this this is to me a solecism, meaning uh, solecism means uh, a contradiction, right. in, you know, in terms. Right. A, con- a court a court is a creature of the Constitution and laws under which it exists. To exercise any power not derived from such constitution and laws would necessarily be a usurpation. Yes. It sounds curious. It sounds curious to say Congress has no authority to give this power to the court, yet the court exercises this power by virtue of the, of the authority of Congress. Mm-hmm. I come now to the consideration of the main question, whether the state courts of California, and if so, what state courts, have the power to naturalize. And I have come to the conclusion that this question is but little affected by the propositions which I have been already led to consider on account of the seeming importance attached to them by the learned counsel and the able manner in which they were presented. In other words, uh, they were pushing this court not mm-hmm. to let this little guy become a citizen. Right. And, and he's saying, I'm not, go- I'm not going, you know, even though these learned counsel were 
pushing to do that, I'm going to set it aside because it doesn't have any merit. Okay. Right. Okay. And he says, he says, in Section 8, Article 1 of the Constitution, enumerating the powers of Congress, is the following separate clause, quote, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcy throughout the United States, end of quote. By metaphysical refinement in examining the form of our government, it might be correctly said that there is no such thing as a citizen of the United States. Okay, all right, so the but, question uh, now, did the learned counsel make a distinction between a citizen of the state of California versus a citizen of the United States? Or did that question not come up yet? I don't think that was their argument, no. But it might have been. I don't know, because I didn't look at their briefs, what they they filed. I don't know. Okay. But but that that might be something that might be available, but that's way back there, man. 1855, you may have a hard time finding the documents. Oh, right. But, But it would be interesting. It would be interesting to try, though. Right. Anyway, okay. he goes on. He, the point here, though, is he's saying there is no such thing technically as a United States citizen. Okay, this is but 1855. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But constant usage, in other words, people calling us United States citizens, right. arising from convenience and perhaps necessity, and dating from the formation of the Confederacy, has given substantial existence to the idea which the term conveys. In that other words, if US... you're in another country, right. if you're in another, you're, they're not going to call you an American citizen. They're going to call you a United States citizen if you're in another country. They're yeah. not going to call you a citizen of, they're not going to call you a citizen of Illinois. Right. That's, they're not going to say that. Yeah. They're going to say a citizen of the United States. So that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. A, a quick a question. Citizen? Quick question here, because yeah. I think people would. Yeah. Now, the 14th Amendment supposedly created a United States citizen in, what, uh, eight, eight, nine, ten years later, uh, but uh, Mm -hmm. did it really? What's what's your view of that? No, it can't. It couldn't because the nation was created and nobody was included in the creation of the nation, besides white people. Besides Anglo-Saxons. Right, besides Anglo-Saxons. That's it. Okay. Very They're good. The only ones that were created as the nation. So, so the Fourteenth Amendment, regardless of how it was done, who said what, we don't give a crap what what everybody said. Once the nation was created, it was created. Period. And, and given to the and posterity of Anglo Saxons. Right. <laughs> was, a, right. Yeah. Okay. And it was created in perpetuity. It was created in perpetuity by oh, the uh, Articles of Confederation originally. And it was passed on to the Constitution. The the, the perpetual union was passed on to the Constitution, and we know that because there's a court case called Texas versus White, which says that it was. Mm-hmm. So it's a perpetual union. So okay. once the, once you create the nation, the union is created. It's done. It's in stone. You can't change it. It's <laughs> right? done. Just like the Ten right? Commandments were written in stone, right? <laughs> exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. I love exactly. It. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now he goes on and he says here, I haven't got to the real important part, but here's what he says here. A citizen of one of the states of the union is held to be and called a citizen of the United States, although 
technically and abstractly, uh-huh. there is no such thing. Right. Now, that was in 1855. <laughs> yes. 1855. Under the law now. This is under yeah. the law. And under, under also, the law, that's still true. It's still true. Right. Technically, there is no such and thing. See, see, As a the US Dred citizen. Scott case said the same thing. See, the Dred Scott case, he said that a black man is not a citizen, nor could he ever be. Yes. That's what Dred Scott said. So it's the same thing. Exactly. Okay. To to conceive a citizen of the United States who is not a citizen of some one of the states is totally foreign to the idea and inconsistent with the proper construction and common understanding of the expression as used in the Constitution. Okay. Which must be deduced from its various provisions. Okay. Yes. So there you Absolutely. Have yeah. Okay. The, the object then to be obtained by the exercise of the power of naturalization was to make citizens of the respective states. Okay. That's so it. yeah. Okay. So you're a state citizen, and uh, I've yeah. I've never resided in any state other than Illinois. So I'm uh, mm-hmm. and I haven't you know even attempted you know to you know change my citizenship from one state to another. But technically, as this this judge is stating here, there is no other type of citizenship than state citizenship, which automatically right. makes you an American citizen, but not necessarily right. a United States citizen. What's the difference in the language? Please, Ed. Well, okay. A, well, there's no such... To start with, there's no such thing technically as a United States con- uh, citizen. Right. But tongue in cheek, or, or as, <laughs> as he says, I think somewhere in here, he says if you're a state citizen, you are ipso facto a okay. United States citizen. Okay. By the but fact you have of being to, a state citizen. But you have to be a state citizen, bottom line. If you're not a state citizen, you yeah. can't be an American citizen or a right. U.S. citizen, however right. you want to put it. Okay, very right. good. Very good. Okay. In this country, in this country, there's only one type of citizenship. Period, mm-hmm. and that's state citizenship. No matter what, it, I mean, no matter what they say, there's yeah. only one. Period. No matter what Joe and, Biden and the says. Other kind, <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't yes. matter what anybody says. You know, it's, yeah. there's only one. So. Okay. And and with that with that state citizenship, either by birthright, either either by natural birth, uh-huh. or Birthright, by naturalization, yeah. mm-hmm. you—they both, both parties, neither one, both of them, get the same birthright. The only okay. difference is, is that the the one that gets naturalized cannot be a president or you know, or vice president of the United States. It's the only right. difference. Only his offspring can. Only his offspring can. Now it's interesting, according well, yeah, to yeah, his offspring could. Yeah, uh, according to biblical rules. The Israelites could treat a, 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 an Israelite living in a foreign country in the same way, okay? Uh, giving him all the mm-hmm. rights and privileges of being an Israelite who had uh, essentially, uh, assuming that he was living there, but was not living there. But they still recognized that individual as an Israelite and conferred to him or her all of the rights and privileges of being an Israelite. So th- this language is very similar again to the Bible. Yeah, it is. It is mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and of course, that's that's what the whole nation was was 
founded upon was common law. It was founded upon Christian religion. So right. So whenever Not the Judaism. laws were written, right. You know, when you go into the court, when you go into the courtroom, you don't have to quote the Bible. You quote the law because you know the law goes along with the Bible. The common law is supposed to be so, the Bible. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So he goes on here and he says, at the time of the adoption of the Constitution, the states had power to make citizens of aliens. Does the clause of the Constitution above quoted deprive them of it? In other words, the states originally did the naturalization. In other words, the colonies. Right. They did the naturalization. So does anything he's he's said before deprive him of it? No. No. The true rule of construction as to the exclusiveness of the power of Congress is, first, that it must be granted exclusively, second, forbidden to the states. So whatever powers were given to Congress... Yes. were exclusive, and the states had nothing to do with it, okay? Right. but And vice versa, see, so, and vice right. versa. Third, from the nature of the power, its exercise by both must be incompatible and incongruous, separate, in other words. Yeah. Does the power under review come within either of these positions? If we examine the language closely and according to the rules of rigid construction, always applicable, to delegated powers, you have to go by rigid construction. Sure. We will find that Culture. the power the power to naturalize, in fact, is not given to Congress. This is important. Yeah. The power to naturalize was not given to Congress, but simply the power to establish the rule, the uniform okay. rule. The uniform okay? rule. That's okay. That's it. All right, so in other so, words, the uh, Congress granted to the states the right to naturalize citizens, naturalize aliens to become citizens, but that there should be a uniform rule by which the uh, various states act according to we'll naturalization. Okay. Uniform, so, yeah, a uniform yeah, rule, a uniform right. rule, right? Now, yes. the reason for that, the reason for that was this. When the when the when the colonies were doing it, every colony had a different naturalization process, oh, and when right. you went from one colony to another, you had to renaturalize, and it right. got to be a hassle. See, right? I see. Right? Yeah. So what they said was, we're going to stop that. We're going to give Congress the power to make the rule, and the states just continue to follow. The, enforce sa- the, it. the naturalization process the under the rule that Congress yeah. made. But the states enforce see, it. See, Congress didn't yeah. give them any power. Congress didn't give them any power to naturalize. They just gave them the, mm-hmm. the they only, all they did is they just gave them the rule to do it so it would be right. uniform throughout the whole United States. Right. And now, it's up to the states let, to do let it. Let me yeah, say go this. Ahead. Yeah. Let me say this. Now, there is a, I don't know if everybody knows this, but there is a mini naturalization process that you go through when you go from one state to another. You know what it is? Uh, uh, no. Sorry, when in Rome, do as the Rome. <laughs> you have to obey the laws no, of the state. No. no? Okay, go ahead. <coughs> Sorry. Domicile. 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 Okay. Domicile is a mini-naturalization because, see, you, ha- you can't do anything politically in the state until you are there like 60 or 90 days, whatever domicile oh, okay. is for, right. for each state. You see? 
So that's a mini naturalization. It's not the full thing, but it's mini. See? Okay. okay. And the reason for that is so you can you can get have time to get familiar with the political process and know something about the state and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. See, right. that's what that's for. Yeah. And it's the same thing in the Naturalization Act. They give you five years yeah, under 1802 Act. They give you five years to figure out the language, to learn about the United States, to you right. know, salute the flag and all that stuff. Which illegal aliens don't you can do, ever become a right? No, they, they don't ever do it. No, they just yeah. come here and stay 20 years. Right. They stay 20 years and don't do nothing, see? Yeah, exactly. Well, they can't do that. That's why yeah. they're getting deported today. That's right. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he goes on. He says, uh, uh, let's see, where was I? That the states... If they chose to exercise the power as an original one, must abide by the rule which Congress makes, there can be not the slightest difference of opinion. So they had to follow. Mm-hmm. If the states were going to do it, you know, they had to follow yeah, the, rule the rule that Congress made. That's right. what it was. Yeah. The power given to Congress was, according to my apprehension, intended to provide a rule for the action of the states and not a rule for the action of the federal government. Now, that exactly. is very important. That's exactly right, yeah. That rule was not for the federal government. It was for the states. Mm-hmm. Else, why was the term uniform made to qualify rule? Yeah, you wouldn't need uniform in there, well, would you? Well, if the, well if the now, wait a minute. Uh, you think all the federal bureaucrats are, apply the law uniformly? <laughs> right? Well, no, no, but, but if, let's say if the if the rule that they made, if Cong- what the, the rule that Congress made mm-hmm. applied to the federal government, they wouldn't say uniform because right, yeah. they would have to follow whatever rule it was that right. the Congress made, right? If it was in the federal government, because there's not there's only one federal government. See, right, sure. So, but the, what so. he's saying is the reason they put uniform in there was to indicate that it was for all the states. Yes. See. Yeah, Each state logical. has a different He's government. He's just saying that's logical. They're yes, all different governments. Right. right. Yeah. If it was designed simply to give the power of making citizens to Congress, simpler modes of expression might have been used and ought to have been required, and surely yes. there would have been no use for the term uniform. Right. Why, why should the rule be uniform unless more than one had to exercise the rule? Exactly. It certainly yeah. could not have been imagined that Congress would have made a rule for its own action yeah. or the action of its own officers, which could have operated without uniformity. Right. Uh, yeah, and uh, but the, the judge state, doesn't. The judge doesn't cite the the situation you just did, namely that before no. the U.S. Constitution, there was a lack of uniformity in naturalization processes yeah. among the colonies and right. now states. Go ahead. Right. Right, okay. right. The, the states had the power to naturalize foreigners, and there was no necessity for this power to be surrendered to the general government. But by another clause of the Constitution, Section 1, Article 4, it was determined that the, quote, the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states, end of quote. It might well be have been apprehended that in the feeble and sparsely populated con- condition of the states, a race would have been run for the acquisition of population differing in its radicalism only according to the difference of opinion as to the danger of the sudden introduction of too large a foreign element 
And as when once admitted to citizenship, such as the Irish, such as the Irish, right, Uh, who came over because of the uh, so-called potato famine. Okay, please continue. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. And he said, and and as when once admitted to citizenship in one state, the alien would have all privileges in the other state. It would Uh, be in effect allowing one state to modify or break down the policy of another. This is made apparent by the discussion which then took place upon the subject. Hence, the necessity ro- arose, quote, or no. Yeah. And I've got it in, and I've got this one highlighted. It says, not that Congress should have power to naturalize, but should have power to prescribe to the states a rule to be carried out by them, and which should be uniform in each. Right. If this were not so... It follows conclusively that there is no mode by which a foreigner can be made expressly a citizen of the state, for I have already shown there is no such thing technically as a citizen of the United States. Consequently, Mm -hmm. one who is created a citizen of the United States is certainly not made a citizen of any particular state. You hear that? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, That's important. That's important. All right. If so a if you're a citizen, okay. So if you're a citizen of the district of, yeah. Hold on. So if you're a citizen of the district of Columbia, which is not a state, right? You, right. <laughs> you're not a citizen of the United States either. You're not a citizen of any of the states themselves. That's, right. That's the, what he's saying. Yeah. So you can't be a citizen. And, and so what happens is, and they knew this, and the and when they created the Fourteenth Amendment. So what they had to do was they they put they put restrictions on the states if they were going to allow black men into the state, and the state had to determine whether they could whether they were going to allow them in the state or not. They could tell mm-hmm. them no, yeah, and they couldn't be there, right? See, so because Congress has no power over the state, so the state had the right to to determine whether they came into the state or not. So that's right. what he's saying here. Exactly. If you're a citizen of the United States, okay? Yes. It says it follows that as as it is only the citizens of the state who are entitled to all privileges and immunities, the citizens of the several states, if the process is left alone to the action of Congress through her federal tribunals and in the form which they have adopted, then a distinction, both in name and privileges, is made to exist between citizens of the United States, and he uses this term ex v termini, which means uh, by the by the very term of the word citizen of the United States, okay. and citizens of the respective states. Now listen to this: to the former, meaning the United States citizens, mm-hmm. no privileges or immunities are granted. And it will hardly be contended that political status can be derived by implication against express legal enactments. Very good. So in other words, what he's saying is, if you're a citizen of the United States, the Constitution, there's no law that says you you have any rights, privileges, or immunities. The Bill of Rights Rights only applies to a state citizen. Hear what I'm saying? Okay, yes. It only applies to a state citizen, right? Right. So... The Constitution didn't say that the federal government could give you any rights. It didn't give you any rights. Right. See? Yeah. yeah. And so he's saying, and, and not only that, 
Not only that, there's two kinds of rights. Civil rights or civil liberties mm-hmm. and political rights. Political rights. Okay, well, what are, pol- what are civil rights? Civil rights are, well, no, let me say it the other way. What are political rights? Political rights are your right to vote, your right to be in government, work in government, all that kind of stuff, be okay. elected to government. That's your political rights. And everything above, beyond that, is your civil rights. In other words, your right to be married, your right to have kids, your right to live, your right to die, whatever. All those rights you have, all those other rights. Mm -hmm. Civil liberties. Okay. So what he's saying is not only do you not get any civil rights if you're a United States citizen, but it can't even by implication give you any political status either. Right. (laughs) So my friend is the bottom line. Okay. That's the bottom line. Okay. All right. And he goes up. I'll right. go ahead and read the rest of it, but I want you to. I want us to hang on what I just said. Right. I cannot concede that such a result. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I cannot concede that such a result was ever contemplated. Yes. And yet it would be inevitable upon any other hypothesis than that the uniform rule declared by the Constitution was intended to be prescribed for the action of the states and that by this rule they were left to exercise or not their original power of naturalization. The next inquiry, which is in proper order, is whether the state of California has determined by her legislation to admit foreigners to the rights of citizenship under the uniform rule established Mm -hmm. by the various acts of Congress. This question, in my opinion, is settled in the affirmative by an act passed in 1853 entitled An Act to to Define the fees to be okay. charged by the clerks of the courts for naturalization of foreigners. Mm-hmm. This act, after providing the amount of fees to be allowed by the clerks and the purpose of making citizens, declares, and they go on. Let me see if there's anything else in here that's important. Okay. Yeah, there's another one down here in the bottom. Okay. It says, uh, yeah. yeah, we have a half an hour, we have a half an hour before Daryl comes along. So, uh, yeah, okay. we've got enough time to get this. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. I, that that was not. I mean, that part right there is not real important. So I'm going to drop down here. Let me see if there's anything. Anything. Else. Let me get past that part right there. We're talking about California. Settle yeah. uh, Much criticism might be indulged upon the form of this law and upon the fact that its caption shows that it was intended only as a female. Okay, that's about California. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to drop down to the next. If this were not so, there was no reason whatever for passing the act, and courts cannot decide an act to be an operative where a substantial meaning and design can be drawn from its expression. Okay. In this act. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. In this act, the courts are vested with jurisdiction, or they are required to issue the certificates of naturalization and to determine that the individual is entitled to receive them. Okay, now these the are trial courts. These are trial courts, not appellate courts, courts or whatever other distinction there is made. This is uh, the, right. uh, the jurisdiction of the trial courts exclusively. Please continue. Well, well, I, well I'll get into that in a minute, and, and okay. we'll go over that over the 18 or 2 Act. But anyway, it says the laws of Congress, the uniform rule, are recognized as a rule of action for the term naturalization laws, quote-unquote, applies to none other, and their provisions are required expressly to be complied with. 
What, however, are the courts of competent jurisdiction? To answer this, we must turn to the Act of Congress of 1802 and be governed by the rule there established. Congress, having power under the Constitution to make the rule, certainly had the right to make the exercise of, of it a judicial power and fix upon the class of courts which might be invested with the jurisdiction. Very good. This it could do as a part of the rule, although it might not directly confer the jurisdiction. By the third section of the Act of 1802, it is enacted that every court of record in any individual state having common law jurisdiction and a seal and a clerk of prothonotary shall be considered as a district court within the meaning of this Act. Now, I'm going to stop. Right. What, what they're saying is any court that makes a record has a clerk or a prothonotary. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what a prothonotary is, but a clerk, and has a seal is considered a district court. So well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's, the a, there's a very important clause here that states mm-hmm. having common law jurisdiction. Having common right, law right, jurisdiction, right. okay? Uh, yes. Uh, all right, right, right. That goes back to Magna Carta. It goes back to Alfred the right. Great. It goes back to the Bible. Right. It goes back to the Declaration of Independence, Anglo-Saxons. Right, right. All right? Right. But see, at the time, see, at the time, at the time think about this a minute. Mm-hmm. At the time, he didn't have to say common law jurisdiction here. Right. Yeah, because that's the only kind there was. He said said, having having common law jurisdiction. All the courts were courts of record. Were were the only courts that had courts of record were common law courts. So he could say it either way, but he did go on to say common law court. Right. It's very important that he did. It's very important that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I want to say to you is that in your constitution of your state, it will say, and I know it does in Illinois, uh-huh. It says that uh, the ones who got the judicial power, and remember the people did this now, this is not anybody else. The people were the ones that gave up their judicial power because they had the judicial power and they delegated it to cer- certain parts of their judicial power yeah. okay. to the government of the state, right? right. Yeah. So what they said was in the Constitution of your stated Constitution, now not your Reconstruction Constitution, but your stated constitution, it says that they gave the judicial powers to two courts, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court and the District Courts. Okay? okay? So, they're both courts of record. They both have clerks. Right. They both have common law jurisdiction. And they're courts of record. Yes. So, okay. I don't know what the problem is with this judge, but the 1802 Act, if you read it, it says that you can do it in the Supreme Court of your state. Okay. Right. Well, so I think he's, he's, he's saying he's, the appellate courts, he's saying that certainly the appellate courts are not qualified, don't have jurisdiction. But it is, but it is because it's a Supreme Court. Well, See, it, it is. And it, it would is. have to uh, consider any appeals that are coming from the district court, right? So, you know, but the, the original yeah. jurisdiction, the original jurisdiction is to the district court that uh, the, right, that the right. state had when it was conceived or before the Constitution was even written, the district court then in existence, yeah. okay, is the court right, of record. Right. Okay. So but, the, but, but, 
But see, this is a special. Hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Under the under that 1802 Act, it says the Supreme Court of your state. So okay. that that law that law gave them extra mm-hmm. jurisdiction, okay. and they gave them original jurisdiction. Original jurisdiction uh, under the powers under the powers of naturalization. If a person comes in to a Supreme Court and says, "I want to be naturalized here." Mm-hmm. It don't matter if they they're in appellate court all the other times. Whenever a, a, a natural, uh, whenever a uh, immigrant comes to them and says, uh, "I want to be naturalized," they have to put on a different hat and they have right. to put on the original jurisdiction hat. See, right, right. So, <laughs> that, so the Congress, the Congress gave it to them, and this court here is trying to say they can't do it. And you know why they're saying it, don't you? Well, it's because the, there's th- those eminent bar members. He's <laughs> trying to appease those eminent bar members. Right. That's why he's doing it, see? Okay. And I know that's what he's doing. I know oh. that's what he's doing. Because yeah, he's okay. wrong. If he'd read the 1802 Act, he could read it for himself. And remember, mm-hmm. he's a lawyer. Right. And this is 1855, for crying out loud. This right. wasn't not 2019. Right. This okay. was two, this is 1855, and they should have yeah. known what the law was. See? Sure. Right. But not, nevertheless, he goes yeah. up and he says, "Yeah, yeah see, this is a con job, is what it is. This judge okay. pulled a con job on this little immigrant." See. Well, right. Yeah. And he, he goes. He, he, he doesn't want to rule on it for for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, okay. The reason the reason is this is because the reason that those bar members were there, and the reason the judge was working along with the bar members. You know, he shot down their arguments, but he right. came back with his own argument, which got the same result as if it were the bar yeah. members that got their result. Right? Same okay. result. Yeah. They still got him shot down, right? Yeah. Okay. The reason they were doing that was to show, and the reason I'm showing this is because even in 1855, they were trying to stop white men, especially. Uh-huh. From getting their birthright, from getting oh, their birthright, okay. and they didn't know any other Already. way to do it, but do yeah. it this way. I see. Yeah, see, Already. this is this is what they were doing even in 1855. Okay. But see, they were doing it the hard way. Mm-hmm. They were doing it the hard way. They they learned how okay. to do it the easy way later. Okay. All right. All right. This brings up a so, very important anyway. question because these right. me- these members of the bar are they beholden uh-huh. to the British Empire? Well, at that time, they were not. There was no such thing as a bar association. Okay. Because the bar association didn't come in until 1878. See? Okay. So uh, they were. They might have been members of the uh, ends of court, okay. maybe, or something. But they were lawyers. These right. are not attorneys. These are lawyers. Okay. What's the, the, the difference? See, What's difference. the difference? I don't think people know the difference. Between a lawyer and okay, an attorney, a, a lawyer would only work with the organic law of the nation up to the point when law stopped being dealt with. Okay, okay? and that was around uh, really. In truth, I guess it started about about eighteen seventy on to now, even to now, because okay. Congress became unlawful, sitting unlawfully. 
And when they become unlawful, they cannot work with the law anymore, the organic law, see? Okay. They can so only they, work so they with rules, rules, regulations, and policies, and stuff okay. like that. Uh, such as so, maritime so law. So they became attorneys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the lawyers became attorneys after that, see? I see. Okay. So that's what happened. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's right. see if there's any more here. Okay, yeah, he, he goes on and he says, we have already determined that this court has not the jurisdiction. See, he's wrong, but mm-hmm. they do, but he's lying. Okay. Because its powers are exclusively appellate. The district courts of this state are courts of original and common law jurisdiction, and that's okay. important. Right. Because every time you go into a district court, you go and you say, Judge, are you operating at the common law? He'll say, no, administrative law. Oh, Mm. well, Mm. what's the deal? Why come you're not working at common law? Because they're unlawful. They're sitting (laughs) unlawfully. Right. Right. You see? Everybody's unlawful. Oh, no, no. They're not going to do that. But everybody's sitting unlawful. Okay. And I won't get into into what they're really doing at administrative law, but uh, because of time. But oh. uh, there's a reason. There's a reason. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, it's an intrusion. Uh, goes, yeah, totally. Okay, go ahead. Right. Anyway, he goes on. He says, "We have already determined this court has not jurisdiction because its powers are exclusively appellate. The district courts of this state are courts of original and common law jurisdiction. Are courts of record and have a seal and a clerk." And consequently come fully within the description of the rule laid down by the Act of 1802, and therefore, under the Act of this state of 1853, are fully invested with power and jurisdiction to naturalize foreigners who exhibit the qualifications fixed by the laws of the United States. The other courts of this state are inferior and of limited powers. They are not, I mean, they are made courts of record by our statutes, but they have only statute and not common law jurisdiction, Mm -hmm. and therefore not coming within the class enumerated by the Act of Congress, have no power to grant naturalization, and any attempt of the kind would be necessarily quorum non-judice and void. That's what that means. Void. Quorum non judice. So, in other words, quorum non judice means the court is without jurisdiction. Okay. And anything they did, anything that the, if the, if any of these inferior courts were to try to naturalize anybody, then your it would be void. your document, your right. citizenship would be void. Now, let me explain. This is exactly what the lawyers. And the attorneys did. Mm-hmm. They they probably used this case to figure out how they could make it easier for them to stop people from getting their birthright. Uh-huh. Because, see, the birthright, this is what they've been after all along, is the birthright. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you lose the birthright, you lose your rights. See? Yes. And if you're, if you're coming over from another country... And you don't get a birthright by what? By going to an inferior, not an inferior court necessarily, but through an inferior process. Okay. And this is what they, this is what they did to us. Mm-hmm. In, 19, in 1906, this is the rub right here. Mm-hmm. In 1906, they recreated the naturalization process. 
Okay. And if you don't think, if you don't think the process they go through today is inferior and wrong (laughs) and doesn't follow the 1802 Act, go to the United States Customs and Immigration Service website and look up the video that shows you the process that a citizen that an that an alien goes through to become a citizen and you'll find that if you're looking at the 1802 act while you're watching the process you're going to go where in the hell did they get this idea that they're supposed to do this this uh-huh. act don't tell them to do this right. and this act don't tell them to do this and this act don't tell them to do this and they don't go through a court yeah right they don't even go through a court right well, okay. I was sworn in. I was sworn right. in some office. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the court. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was an agent. It was an right. agent. Yeah. Okay. All right. When you do that, let me tell you what the what the problem is. See, this is what these lawyers knew. Remember a while ago when I You're said you're telling me I'm not a by, citizen by. of Illinois. Oh no. Exactly. <laughs> well, then why should I pay? Why well, should I pay taxes? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, no, you have to pay taxes. Oh, no. You have to pay taxes. Can't win for losing. As a citizen, you have to pay taxes. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, anyway, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right. The 1802 Act says, if you, uh, have you got the 1802 Act in front of you? Uh, I'll, I'll see if I, uh, no, I think I, uh, I think I, um, I left it already. No, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I can, I can get it up again. Okay, it says yeah. it says uh, any alien who, being a free white person, can become a citizen of the United States, and that doesn't mean proper, because the next next statement says, or any of them, mm-hmm. what they mean is uh, a citizen of the states united. Okay, or any of them. If he does the following things, and the next statement is the reason why you don't get a birthright when you go through the wrong process. Okay. It says, and not and not otherwise. Okay. So whatever process the 1802 Act tells you to do, That's if what you, you don't do. do that process, yeah. you don't become a state citizen. That's the mm-hmm. answer to the question. Okay. All right. And nobody, and nobody told anybody... And they don't have to because the maxim of law is that uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. So what they did was to us, when they set up this stumbling block of the 1906 Act, that's what it was, when they set up that stumbling block, they didn't uh, force you not to get a birthright. Mm-hmm. You did it yourself. All they did is they threw a stone in front of your feet, and you didn't see it, and you tripped yeah. on it. Yeah, right. And 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 you can't and you can't come back on them. You know they were smart enough to know how to do this so that you couldn't come back on them. All they need to do is come up and say, "Well, ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's not our fault that you didn't know what the law was." Right. See. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how they did it to us. But it's not really the law. But it's not really the law because it violates the 1802 provision. Exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and the Congress, the Congress that created that act at that time was not lawful because it had Mm -hmm. people in the Congress that the law doesn't recognize. 
It had black people right. and women right. and everything else in there, and yeah. the law doesn't recognize it. So it, those people are not, be, not being rightfully in the Congress or in their legislatures. Uh, they can't pass law. They can't do anything with right. the organic law. They can only create their own regulations and rules and policies, and it's all right. unlawful. It's not none of it lawful. Under the laws of the land. Understood. Understood. Okay. Let me, uh, here's a summary. Here's a summary of the 1802 Act, April 14, 1802. Okay. The free Mm -hmm. white requirement remained in place. The alien had to declare at least three years in advance his intent to become a U.S. citizen. The previous 14-year residency requirement was reduced to five years. Resident children of naturalized citizens were to be considered citizens. Children born abroad of U.S. citizens were to be considered citizens. Former British soldiers during the late war were barred unless the state legislature made an exception for them. Because they were, uh, at the the time, they were already free, free and white. So... No, and if they declared their intention to become a U.S. citizen, the state would honor that. Okay? Right. So th- this this is the law. This law has not been overturned. Right. It's not been overturned. Nope. But nope. by formalities, nope. it's being ignored. <laughs> okay? Right. But, but, but here's the thing. When you go to, let me let me tell you, we, we, re, we are reading the, or we read already, the debate on the 1906 Act. And mm-hmm. in the 1906 Act, one of the senators said, we are making a rule to create federal citizens. Ah, That's okay. what he said. Yeah. Now, Which is you, forbidden by the Constitution. The <laughs> right. Right. It's, it is. Okay, so when you go to the Act, when you go to the Act, though, now, they said this twice in the debate. Uh-huh. When you go to the Act, when you go to the Act, it don't say that. You can go read the Act and see if you can see where it says this is for federal citizens only. It doesn't right. say that. Yeah. Well, the judge and, here agrees you know that why? it's not. <laughs> it's not for federal right. citizens. And you know why? You know why it don't say it, right? Yeah. Because okay. the 14th Amendment, the 14th Amendment says they don't see any difference between color, race, Creed and all that. Mm -hmm. So since they don't see any difference, they're going to look at everybody that's on this land as equal in in terms of their system. Right. So therefore, (laughs) that makes them the sovereign and you the subject. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's what they were pushing for. Right, exactly, exactly. And even so, that they didn't uh, blacks didn't become citizens until 1965 with the Civil Rights Act. Okay, so whatever the form, 18, 18, huh? 1866. When 1866. 1866. Okay. Uh, that was the that was the Civil Rights Act, but but the 14th Amendment was supposed to be, which was 1868. That was supposed to be what made him a citizen. Was that okay? Act? Yeah, of the United States. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, but isn't that it the case that it? Yeah, isn't it the case though that any law or any act of Congress that presumes to change the law must specifically cite which law it's overturning? Okay. 
Isn't that the no, case? No, 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 no. What it says is, let me let me, let me explain something to you. Okay. When you look at nobody ever does nobody ever does this except dummies like me. Okay. <laughs> uh, you go. You go. If you'll go to your first title where they revised the statutes for the state or for any any or the or the United States, states or the United States, if you'll read the first title, it tells you in there, it leaves the door open for you to get your rights because it says this title does not affect any rights or proceedings prior to the creation of this title. Okay. Hmm. So that leaves the door wide open for you to go back to your naturalization as a state citizen. See? Right, okay. Because you had rights back there. It didn't, it, it's telling you that it didn't get rid of those rights. Hey, see? Ed, you found a loophole. <laughs> you found yeah, a loophole. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Excellent. the thing about it is, the thing about it is, it's in the books. Yeah. It's, nobody reads it because, because it's in the preface of the book. Right. See, when, when people go to a law, <laughs> who, reads book, the who reads the preamble? See, right. No, nobody reads any of the preface or, or the or the intro, uh, introduction to any book. They just start reading the book like a dummy. Right. Yeah, you need right. to read the preface. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Yeah, which makes because certain you need to things know what clear. Is all about right. To start with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I do want to discuss the uh, 14th Amendment here, the language of it. Uh, section one: mm-hmm. all, all persons. Now we mm-hmm. have. They ha- did not redefine the term person. Okay, up well, to it's now. Defined, yeah, it's defined in the laws. Okay, uh, somewhere else. Okay, because uh, it had you had to be free yeah. and white. You had to be free and white to be considered yeah. a person. So all persons right. born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the mm-hmm. United States and of the state wherein they reside. So they created United States citizenship here in Am- Amendment 14, okay. but this contradicts the the law of 1802. Exactly. Okay, there's a total contradiction. Right. So, so the, okay, so the maxim, the maxim that says the first in time will prevail Who says? Applies. Who says? <laughs> Some lawyer? That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> Some attorney? No, no, that, no. That's a that's a common law maxim. Okay. First in the first in time will prevail. So, what's the first in time? The first in time was the original. Yeah. Okay. So it's See? a law of eighteen oh two. Right. Yeah. So Amendment fourteen is null and void, just as the judge here stated. It's null and right. void. There's no such thing as a United States citizen. That's what it says. Amen. And he went on to say, say, if you had a United States citizen, you wouldn't get any privileges and immunities, nor would you get a political right. Yeah, okay. See? Yeah. He said that, too. So, even though the judge was, to me, the judge was trying to avoid making a decision on this, even though I agree with you, he did have every right to. Because every appellate court has to deal with the district and circuit courts. If there's some irregularities, it's, it's always bumped up to the appellate court. So he would have to know the law just as well and make sure that they abide by it. Right? Well, that would be- what, the, what the little immigrant could have done, what the little immigrant could have done is he told him, 
that the district court, whether he was willing to do it or not, the district court, he was lying because actually the 1802 Act, if you'll read it, it says that the Supreme Court, you can go to the Supreme Court, too. Okay, all right. So uh, he was just lying about that, and what he was doing, he was forcing that little immigrant to go and reapply in the district court, that's yeah. all. Okay, See? yeah. But, if, but red he could tape. do that. He could do that. Right. It was a red tape decision on the part of this judge to, to make the lawyers happy. Right. <laughs> right? To make yeah, the lawyers happy. Yeah, the, the two eminent, eminent bar members. He was making the two eminent bar members happy. That's what he was doing. Right, right. Okay. So, now that, it goes on to say in Section 1, No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Okay, so this is another violation of existing law because there is no such thing as a United States citizen and no state is obligated to acknowledge it. Well, let me go further. What privileges and immunities did they get? <laughs> yeah, none. <laughs> they didn't get that, did they, right? Yeah, no. No, they weren't so enumerated. Why, did, why would the state have to even? Why would the state even have to recognize in yeah. any way, shape, or form any privileges or immunities? Right. Well, I think this is because why the states. I think this is why the states ignored the Fourteenth Amendment uh, until 1965. They simply ignored it. Well, they did, and and now you know why they created all the J Jim Crow laws. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because because they didn't want they didn't want the blacks there, but. At the point of a bayonet, oh, right. they were forced to let in the blacks come in, by the in federal 19, government. 1955, Earl Warren, who was a Jew, yeah. and Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was also a Jew. They're the ones who mm -hmm. enforced this at gunpoint, at knife point. Yeah, and of course they, of course they kept pushing, they kept pushing with you know Martin Lucifer Kuhn. Right. And all the other people that have pushed, you know, for civil rights and all that stuff all along until they forced the states to recognize their rights. They didn't have any rights. I don't yeah. know why the people didn't just say, look, you're yeah. a United States citizen. You don't have any rights. Right. right. All those yeah. rights that were given. Not in our state. All those rights that were given were given to state citizens. See? Not, so all of this language is totally deceptive. The people who wrote this knew they were violating the 1802 Immigration Act and uh, definition sure. of state citizens. They knew they were violating right. it. Right. And what they wanted to do was to, re to recreate the nation. Hear what I'm saying. Right. They were recreating the nation in their own uh, likeness, the way they wanted it. They didn't want it to be like it was because... If you're a state citizen, this is the reason why they want to get rid of your birthright, mm -hmm. is because if you're a state citizen, if you don't like what they're doing, yeah, you all by yourself have the power to go and fire them. Okay. And they, right. they knew that. Okay. They knew that. You know, regardless right. of whether all of the state citizens voted for him to be put, it, to be put into office... One citizen has the power, all the power of the law to go in and either arrest them, fire them. Right. Okay. Or what, now, that's, what now, that's according to the 1906 Act, as, uh, as I believe you pointed out. Please repeat that loophole that you, uh, I think you said it was in the 1906 
Eck. Uh, Are you talking about you talking about you talking about the the um, part where it says that uh, this act? Or no, this title does not is not was not to affect or is not intended to affect any rights right. or proceedings prior to the creation of this of this title. Right. That's in that's that's if you read go to the first title of the United States Code annotated if you want to read that. Okay. In the very first title, in the preface page, you'll read it where it says that. And I'm sure, I haven't looked at it in, in Texas but or, or in this state, uh, but I'm sure that in your revised statutes, the very first title of your revised statutes, whenever it was started, uh-huh. you'll probably read the same thing in the preface page of that title as well because... They couldn't get rid of your rights. Think about it. Mm-hmm. When they created when they created their system, they could not. They had no authority right. as a private a private uh, enterprise. That's what it is. Okay. They had no authority as a private enterprise to take away the original people's law mm-hmm. and way of life. They couldn't do that. But you know what? Over time, they could. Right. And the way they did it was by they custom. got rid of the birthright. Mm-hmm. See, by, well, but they got rid of the birthright. See? Right. Once so, you lose your birthright, you don't have any right to work with the law. So see? this is the birthright that Yahweh granted to Jacob. Exactly. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. It's one and the same. You don't have, see, you have no rights in your own land. You become a foreigner yeah. in your own land. Yeah. Well, because Esau See? has stolen our birthright and has been trying to get the birthright back from Jacob from, from the day that he sold that's it right. to him for a mess of pottage. And that's what he's done in this mm-hmm. nation. Yes. That's what he's done. And yeah. so what we have to do, but but here's, here's the thing. They didn't take it away from us. We paid them to take it right, away. Right, yeah. That's what happened. We're, we're giving them to, uh, the authority to do it, <laughs> right? By, yes. yeah, through ignorance. Yes. Through ignorance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, through ignorance. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what that tells you is the most important thing that you can have in any nation is the birthright. Beyond all things mm-hmm. is the birthright. Because mm-hmm. once you get the birthright, it is the foundation of right. your rights. Yeah, yeah. See? You have okay. no rights if you don't have that. Okay, yeah, and you only can get it in two ways. You get it in two ways through your by birth, father by birth, by birth, yeah, mm-hmm. or not through the mother, not through the mother, and I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, through the father you get it, and then by naturalization. That's the only two ways you can get it. Now, mm-hmm. a now this is interesting because it goes back to some of the things that you've been teaching mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, Christian. Uh, about the about Christianity, right? The the denizen, which is a that's where a denizen only resides. Hear what I'm saying? It's a resident a alien. A denizen is a is a resident he's, alien. He's a, right, that's he's it. just a resident. He resides. Okay. Mm-hmm. What that means is, if you got, let me give you an example of that. Have you ever heard anybody say? Uh, for example, he's a denizen of that pub over there. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. He, okay. No, he's okay. got his he own bar stool. He owns that bar stool. <laughs> right, right. Right, right, right. 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 Okay. 
But, right, but, right. but, see, the thing of it is, he owns nothing. That's he owns right. nothing there. Right. He just resides there real often. See? Mm-hmm. Right. So, a denizen, a denizen merely Until resides, I... but he doesn't have any rights. Right. See? Yeah. So that's yeah. it. That's uh, it. Until the so owner, you know, until a citizen says, hey, that's my bar stool. Get off. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay. That so, reminds so, me. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. This is really. Yeah. So, yeah. so now you okay. know, now you know what happened to Israel mm-hmm. when they were in Egypt. They gave up their birthright. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they became slaves. Right. And that's what they did to us again in the United States. Yes. They took away our birthright so that, or made us take it, make us. Yeah, tricked uh, us. Tricked us into word, giving uh, it up. Reject yeah. it, I guess. They tricked us. Yeah, they yeah. made us reject it. Yeah, they tricked us into it. It's a shell game, is what it was. Mm-hmm. And we, we fell for it. We fell for the shell game. Yeah. And okay. we went in and got her without any knowledge at all, without Believe yeah. you know when it, when it, when a when an immigrant comes to this country, and I'm sure it was probably the same with you. I don't know who you ask when you got to this country how to become a citizen, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, when a when an immigrant, a white immigrant that comes from another country, comes to this country, probably the first he's either going to do two things. One is he's either going to look up how to become a citizen in the phone book, or he's going to ask another citizen. Right. Well, the phone book, you know what it's going to say. It's going to tell you to go to, under the 1906 Act or the 2002 today, it's going to tell you how to go to the U.S. uh, Customs and Immigration Service today. Right. And a citizen is not going to be any smarter than the phone book, (laughs) and he's going to say the same thing. See. And the legal eagles of the country know this. They know this. That's mm-hmm. not. They they're do. not ignorant to that. It's common sense that the majority of the people don't know the law. So they get, by default, they get what they want, and they yeah. don't even have to Out get their ignorance. hands dirty. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of See? ignorance. Yeah. So, so it's very okay. important that everybody gets their their status or birthright citizenship correct and do it correctly go back and check your lineage to make sure that you might have been born with a birthright you might have been but you got to make sure you go back before 1906 right right and 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 your people if your people came here before that time then more than likely they went through the right process but right even if you if you want to you don't want to just believe that that's the way it is you want to go get some paperwork and check it out as best you can to see that it's true that they got a they went through the citizenship process because I know that there were some people that came to this country way before the Civil War and they never became a citizen until way after the Civil War. Right. So okay. that happened. That happened too. You know. So you got to go back and check your lineage. Right. Now, if if like if like you and I, we've got four other people in our group that have to naturalize. Uh, that's five now that I know of, and I knew it was going to be a bunch. Okay, yeah. Uh, because this this system has this. That's what this system is hanging its whole system on, is an assumption or presumption that there are no more birthright citizens in the nation. Uh huh. See, 
Once there's no more birthright citizens, then they become the sovereigns. See? Right. And that's the way it is. Right. They're ruling over a bunch of subjects or denizens. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. So that's once... what happened to our republic. <laughs> that's what happened to Right. It. Well, once the Israelites forget that they're Israel, then the Jews become Israel. <laughs> Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay? mm-hmm. It's the same shell game. Absolutely exactly the, the same. same shell game. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. Uh, now, yeah. Now, yeah. That I, now that we've gone through all this. Okay. All right. Well, Daryl's with us. So, Daryl, if, if you want to join in on the discussion. Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, tr- try to wrap it up, Ed, please. Okay. The only thing okay. I wanted to say, last thing, was... Uh, that, good evening. Um, How are you guys? Yeah, now that, now that I've said what I've said, I want everybody to go back and watch mm-hmm. The Matrix. Because The, the Matrix, Matrix? Is, it will tell you the whole story. Because really? now you know what that story is about, see? <laughs> the Matrix the movie, you're saying? Yeah, Matrix the movie, because that's exactly what the I'm not hearing it. I'm just hearing you, Pastor oh, Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Very good. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh, so finish your thought on the matrix uh, uh, that uh, Daryl is not able to hear you for some reason. So, uh, uh, so uh, please oh, okay. wrap it up. Please wrap it up. And then, uh, but you can okay. hear him, right? All right. I can. Yeah, I can hear Daryl. Yeah, I can hear him. I don't know why he can't hear you. That makes no sense. All right. Uh, so, okay. Go ahead. Please wrap it up. No, then. It okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, the last thing that I want to say to the people that have heard my voice and heard the truth, because this is the truth. I mean, I know it is, and nobody can, I can argue with anybody. I'll oh, debate yeah, anybody all day long. Yeah, we proved it on this show. Yeah, go ahead. Now that I've said it, you know, people have a tendency, people have a tendency to be indifferent to their rights. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yeah. I don't know why that is, but it is. Yeah. And so, just like what Samuel Adams said to the Tories that didn't want to fight in the Revolutionary War, they wanted to make make uh, make amends with the king, just like when they wanted to do that, Samuel Adams said to them, this is what they, he said. He said, if ye love wealth greater than liberty, the tranquility of servitude greater than the animating contest for freedom, Go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel, nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hand that feeds you. (laughs) Lick your boots. (laughs) Right. Yeah, may your your chain set lightly upon you, and may posterity forget that you were ever a countryman. (laughs) Outstanding. So Outstanding. All right. Yeah, and so okay. anybody that anybody that's indifferent to that now, let me let me say this. I've got if if anybody that's hearing the what we're talking about now, if they want to become a member of our group to learn all this and to have access to paperwork to right. fix your birthright citizenship. Okay. Uh my uh my email is Clan Chatton. And that's spelled C-L-A-N-C-H-A-T-T-A-N. That's T-T as Tom Tom. Yeah, I just can't hear my stop. Okay. C-L-A-N-C-H-A-T-T-A-N. 
C-H-A-T-T-A-N-1 at gmail.com. Okay, okay, so that's my Gmail. And if you want to call me on the phone, probably be the easiest thing. It's uh, My phone number is 972-598-3152. And again, that's 972-598-3152. And you can call me anytime, and I'm willing okay. to sit and talk with you. And we can... We have a membership, and we 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 uh, meet on the second and fourth Wednesdays uh, of every month at seven o'clock Central Sharp. You know, we, I, I try to get everybody in as quick as I can so I can get started because I usually do a two-hour call, and uh, that's about it because that's mostly what no, nobody can handle more than two hours on you know doing this. Yeah, sure. And so. Okay. Um, I have people all over the country, too. I have people on the East Coast and everywhere. Okay. All right. Very so if good. You want, if you want to be a member, call me and we'll talk about it. All right. All right. Uh, great presentation. And we'll be looking forward to uh, making uh, birthright citizens active again. All right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you, Ed. Take care. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So apparently the... Uh, connection because i i called ed on on skype so apparently the connection between skype and free conference is not working and that's why uh, uh you can't hear us or hear, hear ed okay but you can still hear me correct <laughs> all right yes good evening oh, okay How very good yeah sorry about the delay uh but ed was wrapping it up the best he could all right so yeah, and so if you're in prison, you're not a, a birthright citizen either, right? So what have you got for us, uh, Daryl? Welcome to the show. Hello. If you're in prison, I guess you're property of the state, a lot like the guys in the military or right. maybe our whole country to Israel. Yes, uh, Jeffrey Winehouse, Jeffrey Winehouse, a prisoner we've talked about many times, his writ of habeas corpus was denied. Okay. And uh, that's... That's very disappointing because. Uh, okay, uh, that's a legal a, term. Uh, the people listening may not know what writ of habeas corpus means. Could you go over that quickly? That's a, sure. It's to show me the body, to show the evidence. Uh, Abraham Lincoln su- suspended the uh, the habeas corpus, and so they could have like unconstitutional courts during the okay. Civil War. Uh, people right. could so, look it up. Uh, it was a chance for him to get out of prison. Okay. Evidence that these Missouri yeah. Highway Patrol officers, Scott Mertens and Henry Folsom, shot Jeffrey, which is on videotape. Uh-huh. And we've been calling his attorney, which was he was my attorney. He's this big fat Jew <laughs> out in uh, Nevada. Oh my Nevada, God! And we've been calling him. We've been calling him uh, Warren. My big Warren fat Jew Cotto attorney. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah, and he was. Right. He got he got me for he got me for several thousand dollars. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and he he made big mistakes on on a civil complaint that I had. He he failed to uh, file the amended complaint. Jeez. He failed to follow the trial schedule, and he also made invalid arguments. And uh, he has uh, in Jeffrey's. Uh, case 
he has uh, he's made many mistakes in this writ of habeas corpus, and he's continuing to uh, ask people for money to donate to him. He's also mm-hmm. Todd Engel's attorney that was the only person that got one of the people that got prison time in the Bundy standoffing. He's okay. just a real dirt bag, and uh, okay. he believes in abortion, and uh, you know he's he's just not a good person, and he's failed Jeffrey. Not that Jeffrey has a lot of people beating down the door to help him, but he's certainly not competent to. Uh, I mean, with the mistakes he made in my case, uh, this was a big deal to get a person that's been sentenced to thirty years in prison that's innocent. We believe he's it. We believe Jeffrey's innocent. Go to year of jubilee and look up the uh, evidence on Jeffrey's case. And he had a, a, a spy watch that recorded what happened. And the police officer said that he came over to the back of his car and they had him sign some papers and they were having just a regular conversation. And Jeffrey drew his gun and tried to murder them. And so they had to shoot him uh, twice in the head and twice in the chest. And wow. they, they gave these statements, they gave these statements before they knew that Jeffrey had a wristwatch on that was a video recorder. And the video recorder shows that he pulled into the gas station. They also say he pulled into the gas station at a high rate of speed. So if he pulled into a high rate of speed and you were afraid of him, why would you go ahead and open your trunk and have him sign paperwork and you were going to get him his computers back? Right. So it's it's definitely a pack of lies. And the highway patrol here drowned a young boy and tried to lie. lie about that and you can read about that story the guy in my case that was the chief petitioner of lexington missouri quit being the police chief and he went to work for the missouri highway patrol the missouri highway patrol was headed up by a guy that uh this guy drew juden uh, mm-hmm. he was the head of the department of public safety and under his watch when he was a police chief they railroaded a black man to prison i know a lot of people wouldn't care that he's a black man but it was an injustice i think his name was robertson something but they had a jailhouse confession from a guy saying oh yeah he admitted he killed this one well Mm -hmm. 25 years later finally the missouri supreme court set this guy free and jude druden was the uh overseeing officer of that case and then after he became the, the head of the missouri public safety. So there's a lot of corruption in government. I made a call the other day to the attorney general's office about the ACLU suing the Missouri public defenders. And the girl told me she wouldn't talk to me because I'm one of the, uh, I'm on there. It's a, you're an activist. So I'm on there. I said, well, yeah. yeah, I said, I have another comment about Jeffrey Winehouse. I proceeded to tell her about Jeffrey Winehouse and I told her I was going to post it on the internet and she got upset. And I said, Missouri's a two-party state. You're a public servant. You work for me, mm-hmm. and uh, I have every right to post it. Aren't you a member of the bar? Don't you know Missouri law? And, right. and she kept interrupting me playing music. And uh, oh, I got another call. Hold on. Oh, I got another call. Hold on. And they play music because they they copyright <laughs> the music on hold, and then when we put it on YouTube, they can make a copyright strike for yeah. the music playing. So they've got wow. all kinds of little games that they play. Yeah, and then, uh, big brother games. Recently, yeah, recently, Wednesday night I was on a radio show, The Stone Cold Truth with Burt Coleus. I think that's how you name okay. his name. And uh, National Socialist Party Radio. And he, he continually has a guy on there that's uh, Arkansas law enforcement. And he said, oh, the way Daryl talks is if I pulled him over, I'd arrest him right away. And <laughs> uh, he really triggered me and I cursed. If anyone listens to it, I got angry and I 
told him yeah. to flip off and I hung up because the guy was pushing my buttons. That doesn't excuse my behavior. I ask you that you pray for my tongue. <laughs> I need my tongue to advocate yeah. for these prisoners. And uh, this guy comes off with the question, Daryl, do you know about posse comitatus? And then I just lost it because mm. I knew he's seen the training books. Uh, we were having a conversation about sovereign citizens. And I really believe a lot of these sovereign citizens are pushed into sovereign citizenry. Uh-huh. I guess if that's a word, it is. Uh, due to economic, due to economic cir- circumstances, they can't afford to pay the suspension fee. They can't afford to pay the high insurance. Maybe yeah. they uh, or the taxes. get their license because uh, yeah. they were b- back on child. So they look at these other ways and they say, hey, don't we have a U.S. Constitution that says I yeah, got a right to right. travel? I'll go that route. Isn't there a and constitution? So yeah. we, we have to have empathy for these people and they are not our enemy yeah. and they should not. We don't know if that shootout in Memphis, that if that was valid or not, but we certainly know that if you're a constitutionalist, uh, a sovereign citizen, and they've used the term posse comitatus and the posse comitatus is citizens police. We know Sheriff Joe Ohio that wants to kick the invaders out. All right. Uh, he had a, po- he had a posse comitatus down in there. And actually one of the guys, I think that was part of it, his name is, uh, Henry Hughes. He's gave me a lot of encouragement and he's on Sunday nights and he's a really nice guy. And he said, Good. those guys shouldn't, he was listening to the show and said, those right. guys shouldn't have been pushing your buttons. You're all right, Dale. Right. And I appreciate okay. that. And he's a good guy. But the, the posse comitatus uh, is a common law, is a group of people mobilized by the okay. con- uh, All right. Well, here, let's be clear. Sheriff. Yeah, let's be clear with the audience here. Doesn't the posse comitatus have to be instituted by a sheriff? It's not like a bunch of citizens can yes, get together. Does. And claim yes. to be posse well, comitatus. Well, can in Gordon in the case okay. of Gordon Call. Gordon Call. Gordon Call put a bunch of members of his community together, and uh-huh. they went to the sheriff and they said, oh. "Hey, we want to be a posse comitatus." Ah, okay. And, and they got the bless, and they got the blessing of the sheriff. So, uh, the sheriff doesn't necessarily have to organize it. It can kind of work both ways. But if the sheriff doesn't give you the blessing uh-huh. in the county. Right. Then you are a domestic terrorist. Then you are an enemy uh, of the United States. Yeah, so be careful. Blessing, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we, we want to cover all bases. Yeah, you know, we want if people act on what we're teaching here, they we have to make sure that they're doing the right thing lawfully. Well, right? I'm not trying to teach any. I'm not trying to teach anyone. I think every anyone and everyone should go out do their own research. We would mm-hmm. we don't oh, absolutely. want to overthrow our government. We want to save our republic. Yeah, we'll reform uh, it. The, the <laughs> right? Now, they are forced to. Yeah. Session. What is that? Yeah, we're not anti-government. We're reformers. We want to reform yes, our government. Yes, we would like to. Yes, we would like to see less government, less intrusive government. <laughs> right, less and, dictatorship. And government of the people right. that, and and, and yeah. government officials have to be held accountable. We Amen. have police officers and a police officer in uh, San Antonio, Texas, this week pulled his gun on little kids. I yeah. mean, they're little kids. Amazing. Little kids get out of hand with me, and I'm arresting one. I'm going to slap one and say, uh, "You need to go see your mama." I'm not going right. to pull a gun right. on a bunch of little ten-year-olds. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely outrageous. We had another incident where a animal control officer was called because there was eight little kittens, and he said, "Well, there's no room at the shelter. They're going to have to go to heaven." And he shoots the little <laughs> kittens in front of the children. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah. We have another instance that this this cop on the radio show was telling me was justified and think like a cop. I do not agree with everything on his YouTube channel, but he is a good 30-year peacekeeper. He's not a law enforcer. He thinks everybody should have guns. He thinks the armed society is a polite society. Okay. He reviewed this old woman getting a ticket. She's 65 years old. She no doubt probably got in an, an accident and got some kind of insurance money, didn't fix the tailgate on the pickup. Uh-huh. The local yokel tyrant, uh, young cop, gave her a ticket. Oh, you haven't fixed that in six months. I'm going to go ahead and give you a ticket, and you got to see the judge. How much? $80. Well, mm. I'm not signing it. Well, you're going to sign it, or I'm going to arrest you. And so she puts her window up, and she pulls up into a parking spot. So he turns his sirens on and everything. He uh-huh. goes up there, starts yelling at her, starts yelling at her, and she says, I'll sign the ticket. At that point... He says he should have said, okay, here you go. Sign the ticket and go on home. Yeah. No, he proceeds to yank her out of the car, oh, boy. throw her on the ground, and and tase her two times. And she's a, this could be your mother or your grandmother. Right. And this is not, this is not the behavior of moral men with standards. And uh, right. this guy was advocating for it. And then he's like, oh, Daryl, you know about posse comitatus. Yeah, I know about posse comitatus. It's when a bunch of citizen vigilantes get together and they get the blessing of the sheriff and they go out after the real outlaws. Right. And, 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 they, and that's the basis of it. And I didn't get to explain that because I, got, I, I talked with a friend peacefully about right. it and, and I got some encouragement. And he's like, wow, you know, I didn't even know about that thing. And some right. people do, some people don't. But it's certainly – you know, these, the, this well, this old woman did not deserve the, – the proper police behavior would be like – now, if it yeah. was a no person that was dangerous, they call it – you go on the ground and you do get arrested if you're being a belligerent jerk. Sure. And I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and she wasn't. Uh, she she rolled up her window. And she was not. And she, 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 once he, he pushed back on her, she yeah. said, I'll, I'll sign it. And okay. she should have signed it. And, and he could have he let her go, too. He could have said, you're not signing it. And, uh, I mean, uh, there's a video of me on Lone Star in downtown Branson. They gave me a $10 ticket, and I said I didn't want to sign it. They told me they were going to arrest me if I didn't sign it. And I went ahead and signed it. I mean, because they're acting – I jumped off the horse and carriage wagon to talk to them. And when I jump off the wagon, it's like, boo. And they about jump out of their panties, you know. And (laughs) and there was a person uh, that owned the company that videotaped it. And I was very much a gentleman. And uh-huh. they said, oh, you sound like one of these sovereign citizens because I parked in a bus uh-huh. stop when the bus isn't running after hours. So I right. try right. to make a living and make a couple dollars. And so these are little town tyrants, and it goes all the way into, like, these guys that shot Jeffrey. Please look up Jeffrey Winehouse's story. I've been attacked because yeah. he was okay. Jewish. We've discussed that. And, right, right. You know, if, they, if he was a black man here in Missouri – I would have to advocate for him because it certainly could be you driving through our state and and one of these out of control guys, or it could be my well, wife okay. going to work. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is that the uh, peacekeeping officer <laughs> is supposed to obey the law, and uh, you know that's his job. Okay. So it's not it's not good when the peace officer is disobeying his own laws. Right. Makes us look bad. Right, makes the cops His look oath, bad. and he also he has a little flexibility. Yeah, right. He can let you off if you're if you're not being you know rambunctious, right? So, but no, these people yeah, are tyrants. Let you off. 
these people are tyrants. That that's the problem. Okay, and so the whole black community says, "See, here's that white cop mistreating a black man." Well, I mean, they they mistreat white white people too, right? <laughs> right? Well, they have more interaction because of yeah. crime. They have more interaction because yeah. they're committing more than half of the crimes in America. So they have more interaction with police. Right. So it's just like driving more. You have right. more of a chance of getting in an accident. Yeah, and. Uh, Right. Okay. I want to go back uh, to this uh, writ of habeas corpus deal, uh, just so people understand that, in other words, show me the evidence, uh, show me the proof. It it sounds like it's kind of like the uh, probable cause. So if the if the officer doesn't have a, you know, evidence that you have committed a crime, he can't arrest you. Right. Isn't that what it means? Or am I misunderstanding? Well, they have to have articulate, articulable suspicion that you've committed a crime right. to proceed to get their probable cause. Okay. Uh, a writ of habeas corpus is show me the evidence, meaning that there was yeah. a mistake and okay. that we're putting this mistake in your face and we're saying, here it is. Okay. Okay, so show me the evidence you have against me, in other words, is why a person files a writ of habeas corpus. Okay, that is, is that what we're saying here? Hello? Yes. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Cause, uh, yes, can lot, you hear me? Yes, yeah. So a lot of people are confused, you know, well, what does it actually mean? So that is required before a, a judge can even issue a, uh, well, a Here, I got cause. the definition. Okay. Uh, habeas corpus is a, re- a recourse in law through which a person can report an unlawful detention or okay. imprisonment to the court and request that the court order the custody of the person, usually a, 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 a prison official, to bring the prisoner to court to determine whether or not that means he gets another chance to go to see he was found guilty in a trial okay. of a jury that was half women and they played a video of him cursing and smoking weed right and talking bad about the court and so this writ of habeas corpus would give him another chance to show the evidence yeah. that was the exculpatory evidence which is evidence that was hidden and mm-hmm. not shown at his trial right to show that he's really innocent Right. Okay. And I wanted to tell you. This, so they prejudiced the jury. Judge, they prejudiced the jury. Go ahead. Yes. They, in Jeffrey's case, definitely. There's this judge that I think he's still sitting on the bench in Lafayette County, Missouri. His name is uh, Dennis Allen Roth. And he was the presiding judge over the city of Lexington, where I was the chief petitioner to have him audited, held accountable. And uh-huh. I did some research on him. And back in 03, he was driving home. And evidently, he clipped a pedestrian, a person walking on the road with the mirror of his truck. He went on home. He went on home. And the Missouri Highway Patrol came over the next day. And he said, oh, I just had a glass of wine with dinner. And the the Missouri Attorney General at the time, Chris Coster, said, oh, there's nothing to see here. No charges for Dennis Allen Roth. And he's still sitting on that. And he's known to be a drinker. So he no doubt had a few in him. And he clipped the person. And at the least, if me and you clipped somebody with the mirror and we went home, it would be leaving the scene of an accident. That's right. And not rendering aid, a good Samaritan. It would be something. They would have mm. our butt in a sling. 
Right. But this In guy, jail. <laughs> because he's the county judge, uh-huh. uh, he just had a glass of wine with dinner. Oh, and yeah. So nothing to see yeah, here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And this, you know, and so Jeffrey, it's really a shame. Jeffrey has a crappy lawyer and, uh, you know, and we don't have any good lawyers in America that are going to stand up for no, people. No, they're that's all, right. Not uh, anymore. Greedy. Well, they're also yeah, under they're threat. They're also under threat. That's the real reason, you know. They, they don't want oh, to yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're under threat, too. If they start stepping out of line, they're not going to have. And they're the highest paid profession in America. Really? You okay. know, all of them are full of. Yeah, they are the highest. Yeah. Uh, if you look it up, uh, attorneys are the highest paid uh, profession in America. Yeah. And more, I know more than half of all of our, all of our legislatures, state and federal, mm-hmm. are Ex-lawyers, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's why the law is so horrible, (laughs) because the the basic job of an attorney is to get your client off, whether he's guilty or innocent, which means they, you know, they will bend the law or they will get around the law uh, to whatever extent they can. Right. An attorney told me the first the attorney the other last Sunday I was talking with told me that the first thing they teach attorneys in law school is, is that your client is lying. Ah, so right. there, are, there are clients that lie. There are yeah. I don't think Jeffrey Winehouse was lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we know okay. Jeffrey's not. And, yeah. and we know Jeffrey's not. And, and the point is, is that how can the common man get a fair shake and not be, uh, right. you know, how can we go? Post? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we take our grievances to this government? Yeah. Well, justice denied for one person is justice denied for everybody. And, uh, but apparently the average citizen right. is too, too, what's the word, uh, you know, uh, apathetic to care about that. Whip. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? They'd be to care about it. And they hear, yeah, yeah. they hear terms they're not educated about, like threat of habeas corpus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. But by the way, uh, by the way, uh, Jefferson Davis we're also. We're going to call you a racist. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Jefferson Davis also suspended writ of habeas corpus on February 27, 1862. So uh, we see that mm-hmm. uh, it happened on both sides. I know everybody you know, talks it's, about Lincoln. It probably yeah. has to do with uh, martial law. And, yes, exactly. And, uh, exactly. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, uh, excellent uh, report, as usual. Uh, thanks for getting Thank involved. Thank you. I w- okay. All right. Yeah, I, have, I would just have, ask everyone to call the Missouri governor's office for Jeffrey. Send him a letter. You could find out at Year of Jubilee or I hate the FBI.com, one word. Uh-huh. Uh, or go to YouTube at Lone Star 1776. We had a Gideon's Army call today where we talked a lot about a lot of different things. And you know, folks, we got 23,000 to 30,000 gun control laws on the books. We don't need any more laws. That's right. And with immigration, they need to enforce the laws on the books. And I'm Amen. good with that. Amen. And I All appreciate right. you and your okay. old folk radio very much, Pastor. All right. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we're out of time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.